0: And you can probably hear him breathing in the background into his microphone. Here is now the world famous, and I mean that, in 110 countries, Dr.
1: History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Did you do your homework? No, but I did something else. Oh, okay. So we've still got a show here. All right. What do you got? All right. Well, last week we talked about Geronimo. Yeah. From his standpoint, so to speak, or from the historian's standpoint, but this is a story about a young man who had a very close relationship with Geronimo, and it is told in the first person by himself and recorded by one of his relatives. So the story is going to be, in his words, first person, and I put a lot of credibility into this because it's not somebody else's interpretation of what happened
0: okay now this this person that had the story and uh basically gave the information for the story he was kidnapped as a young child in mexico is that correct yes. by geronimo yes okay
1: so i'm just gonna tell it as he told it so okay he says i felt the hot wet belly of geronimo against my back as i was snatched from the prairie grass where i was herding my father's calves in magdalena sonora mexico You've been there, Zeb.
0: I know where it is, Okay,
1: and thrust in front of him on his spotted pony. It all happens so fast that summer day in 1869 that I did not have time to heed the warning that my mother had given to me. Run like the wind when and if you hear a coyote. Do not stop for calves or anything else. Just run for home. Well, he says, I knew that Geronimo could imitate a coyote so well that even a coyote wouldn't know the difference. But this time he fooled me. And when I heard the cawing of the crows, I was not prepared for Geronimo, who had been raiding into Mexico ever since the Mexicans had been accused of killing the chiefs. And as They call him a chief, but yeah. as you, we talked last week, he never was a he chief. He
0: never was a chief.
1: No. No. But he'd been accused of killing uh, Geronimo's entire family, his wife. With all of his children. Right. Now he says, I had heard this tale many times as we sat eating tortillas and frijoles at our table. This had happened sometime in 1858. I was born about two years later. Mm-hmm. Now, here I was, nine years of age, a small Indian boy, paying for something that the Mexicans did before I was even born. So this is around 1860? Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was dark without a moon when we rested and ate food that my captor provided, tortillas and frijoles from a tall tin can. I was tired and I was worried. <clears throat> I was worried about what my mother would be thinking or doing. My father would be more worried about the ten calves and perhaps miss them more than he would me. Mm. So it kind of gives you an idea of what his dad was like.
0: Yeah, not a very close family. Yeah,
1: he says, I tried to understand this. I thought of, my, of Maria, my little sister, who was about 10 months old. There was a breeze, and, a, and Geronimo a red, wrapped a red blanket around me. I slept fitfully and was awakened very early and told to hurry, as the sun would be hot before long. I choked down another cold tortilla and was helped upon Geronimo's pony again. When daylight came, I was out of my small world into strange country. It was what I was uh, later to uh, be the state of Arizona. Uh, I was delighted with the big jackrabbits, which the other Indians brought down fast. Now, the sun was hot. We rested many times. We had ample water and food. I saw the big chief staring at me continuously. Then he spoke to me in the very language that I spoke of Spanish or Espanol. It is difficult, and here's what John said, is that it is difficult to tell the difference among the people of Mexico, he said. There are the Mayas, the Opatas and the mixed ones, those with the Spanish in their veins. Which one are you, son? Well, he says, I guess that all Indians know their tribe, and I told him I was Opatai and I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. I hoped that it would be his day to like this tribe. Uh-huh. Well, the great Geronimo did a funny little dance that night, as he had promised me he would if the moon would shine. There was a campfire, and I listened to the braves tell weird tales before I fell asleep. I saw many head of cows, calves, and ponies being driven ahead of us. I tried to make out those of my father, but I could not. Geronimo shook me gently, and I knew that we were entering his camp. It was dark. He knew that he was wanted by the soldiers of the United States for his numerous raids. He'd been in and out of the garrison for years, but he was not afraid. The first night, I slept beside him on the red blanket. I heard him say a prayer to the high power. I knew then that he was not too bad of a guy.
0: Stop right there, and let me ask you a question. Now, this uh, young man was taken as a hostage or
1: whatever for slavery? You know... They did, they did that for all things. Sometimes they would sell them. Sometimes they used them for a slave. Sometimes they just uh, uh, integrated them into the tribe. Hmm. So I, and I don't know how they decided who and which, okay. what they were going to do. I'll
0: let you go a little bit, and then I've got to break in for a okay. commercial break.
1: Anyway, so he's laying next to me. He says, I know that he was not too bad. He took my hand and told me not to be afraid. This made me feel better, and I slept after saying a prayer myself. Now, how old was this boy when he was taken? He was nine years old. Oh, my goodness. So why don't we go ahead and take a break now, Zeb? This will be a good spot. All right. I want to
0: remind everybody that we are blessed. Dr. History and I have talked about this many, many times. We're blessed with the sponsorship of this segment by Minicasha Sales. Very nice people. Very knowledgeable people. And that's Zach and the rest of the crew at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. You don't know where it is? Let me tell you. It's right across the street from the Burley Airport. And they're open 8 to 4.30 Monday through Friday. And the number to call, 878-2091. I mean, we're talking carpet. We're talking vinyl. We're talking windows with the western windows. Keep the cold outside and the heat inside. We're talking all the Tartar Farm and Ranch gates and panels. We're talking about a business that has what you need. So please stop in and see them today at Minicash of Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. And they are... Are the proud sponsors of Dr. History.
1: Okay. One month or so later, I had been taken, I was called to the chief. Now, again, he calls him the chief, but he never really was the chief. But I I guess he looked at him. Yeah, well, when you look at the
0: circumstances, though, if he's the leader of that band, naturally there would be the assumption that he is, per se, the chief. Right.
1: Exactly. Okay. So, and that's probably where that got started, because he was the leader. Anyway, he began calling me El Cativo. I wondered what he wanted with me. Cativo, he said, do you know what embers are? I answered him once, yes, chief, I know what they are. Do you know that in order to be brave and courageous that you must be tried by fire? Oh, boy. I could not answer this. I was fearful. Now you are full of fear, he said, but anger will replace fear after the trial by fire. Uh Uh-oh. And you know what's coming. I do. I do. I did not grasp Hope he's got a real heavy pair of moccasins yeah. on. I, he says I did not grasp what he meant as he kept talking to me. When he left me he patted my arm and I knew that he liked me. Well, in about oh, three good, he's gonna turn him into Joan of Arc, but he <laughs> right. liked him, yeah. So in about three days more after the talk of the Embers, I was called to him. I hate to hurt you, Cativo, he began, but what is about to happen will make a brave man of you. He tried to smile. Well, I was joined by about 10 other boys. Some were Apaches, uh, others, Cativos like himself. Now I was about to be tried by fire. I was ill and wanted to run anywhere. The sight that confronted me made me quake. I watched the others and saw that they were also afraid, then we were forced by the Braves to walk on the glowing embers of fire. Ooh, you are making my deodorant wear off. Oh, you know, I've heard of this, but. I, yeah, I saw a movie, a Western movie with it, and quite frankly, I just didn't like that. Yeah. Well, I shall never forget that terrible day. Oh. The fire was down in a pit. After several minutes of racing over the inferno, many boys fainted. Wait a minute, you had to do it more than once? Yeah, they were going back and forth. Are you kidding me? So, many of the boys fainted, and they were hurried away to the Indian women who were waiting with herbs to treat Mm -hmm. the burns. I was suffering horribly, but... I found that I was the only one left who had not fainted. Uh Uh-oh. Then I was lifted bodily by Geronimo and rushed to a woman called Snake Woman who had great power. Oh, this really is... uh, That's going to (laughs) make me feel better. Who's going to work on you? Snake Woman! Snake Woman. So... Geronimo said, ease his pain at once, he demanded of her, and by some strange miracle, she did. Well, come on. My feet were dipped in a pottery bowl full of a cool liquid, and all pain stopped instantly.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I was never to learn the contents of the dish of snake woman. Although I had scars, I suffered little from the burns. I wonder if she has an office in Twin Falls. I don't know, but Mm. I'm, I'm thinking it had to be aloe vera. Just... You know, aloe vera is good for burns. Really, Uh, that's just my guess. They knew all about that stuff. They did. Yes. So anyway, Geronimo said to me, "Now let anger replace fear." It did. Yeah, he
0: went and wanted to kill Geronimo. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No. He said, we were forever hearing talk in Geronimo's camp about the soldiers of the United States government. Uh, Geronimo warned, warned us several times, I shall be taken away for good one of these days. But between now and then, I will raid, raid, and raid again. And as we talked last week, that's what he did. Yeah, he did. I lived as many Apache lived. I was one of them because I had been through the blood brother right In 1880, when I was 20 years old, so by now i had been with him for 11 years, I was with Geronimo when he was taken prisoner. I went back with the others to mourn his capture. I guess he had somehow or another made us feel that he was an earth god.
0: So he was about 21 at that time. Yeah,
1: so you can see why they... Assumed that he was a chief with uh, how highly they thought of him. But anyway, it was not until uh, he was back with us, but was one of the most wanted of all Indians. Now, this went on and on. I saw him come with wounds that would have killed a lesser man. He was a Hercules among men. He was captured by General George Crook and others, but always managed to make his escape. Now, he says, when I was 25 years of age, I found myself in love with an Apache maiden named Katia. Here we go, a love story. Go. Yep. You got to throw this in.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Her father liked me now that I was a blood brother and gave her to me gratefully. I think that the real reason was that Geronimo spoke a good word for me. Uh huh. But two days before we were to be husband and wife, She. You could have used Geronimo at your high school prom. I could have. She complained of a violent headache. (laughs) And then she got a high fever. Oh, my. But. You think I'm going to say any more? uh, You're crazy. Okay, this is a sad thing, Zeb. You can't laugh. I'm sorry, I'm I'm chuckling. Okay, anyway. So here he is in love with this beautiful Indian maiden. Well, she had this bad headache, high fever. She got one of the white man's illnesses, and she was dead in a week. Oh, my goodness. That's more than an oh, excuse. Yeah. Okay. And now, this was 1885, and he, like I say, he was in his 20s. He says, I was brokenhearted, and Geronimo comforted me. He said, I, too, lost my love, he said, and tears came to his black eyes. He said, all men suffer in one way or another. Well, no one has ever heard this story, no one but you before. I hadn't intended telling that I went with Geronimo on his last big raid into Mexico. Oh, my. I I guess maybe he was afraid of retaliation or something because he was one of Geronimo's but, you know,
0: that, that's interesting that he would have a transition in his mind against basically his own people, the Mexicans, right. and raid back into his country against his people. Right,
1: exactly.
0: Holy smokes.
1: He said, I was full of anger of white men and their fevers and pox, sickness that we had never heard of before. I was full of anger at the Mexicanos because they had killed the family of Geronimo. So I went with him, and I helped to avenge my chief. This raid was the last big raid into that country. Now, Did he stop
0: in and see his mom and say, well,
1: hi, Mom? You always get ahead of me. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> now I can't. Okay, I'll surprise you. Okay, maybe.
0: I'll, I'll act like I'm really shocked. Okay, Go ahead.
1: All right. Now, not everyone was looking for Geronimo, but he was not really captured again until 1886 when... Finding himself surrounded, he surrendered, surrendered to General Miles. Yeah. Now, Geronimo was later sent to a fort in Oklahoma called Fort Seal.
0: Right, been there.
1: And he was a model prisoner. And he kind of grew a little more mellow as we talked last week and did appearances and one thing or another. But he continues with his story. He said, I was a lonely man. I had not only lost Katia, but my beloved chief. I had truly been tried by fire. As I sat astride my Indian pony, I thought to myself, I have no one now here. But something held me to these Apaches. I loved them. They were good people. I guessed that I would always be among them. I was a member of the Chiricahuas and would always be. Time seemed to go rapidly. I thought of my mother and father. Mm. Now, here we get to 1909.
0: Oh, my goodness. Let's see. He He was born in 60, right? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, so he's getting up there. All right. When I heard that Geronimo was dead, he was 80 years old. Even though he had not been with us on the reservation, his presence was always felt. Yeah. So he continues, my whole outlook changed. I would return to Sonora, back to the little village of Magdalena. I bade a sad goodbye to all my brothers and waved the last wave in 1910. I carried with me scalping knife. Katia's beads, and three Indian blankets. Wow. When I rode into Sonora, I had gone uh, 80 or so miles to Magdalena across the frontier. I was tired and worn out. The village was the same. Dusty streets. uh, While my mount drank of the cool water at the well in the village, I inquired of a man about my parents. I was told that they still lived in the same old Hogan. His dad was still mad. Yes. I left immediately. I stopped and tethered my pony to a willow tree beside the brook, the brook where I had been taken by Geronimo oh my so goodness. long ago. Oh, my. I washed my hands and dried them on the grass. Then, leaving the pony to rest and drink, I walked to the hogan. Oh, boy. I stepped silently with the moccasins that were made to walk softly in and stood for a moment trying to remember everything that had happened on that eventful morning. Then I heard a stir, stir inside the room. I called out softly, Madre, Padre. You know, mother, father. Yes. They walked feebly with pains of age and peered at me closely. I ran to them. I kissed and hugged them. They wept and laughed at the same time. My father said, what became of the calves? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You you had to throw that in. You know, what happened to those cows? I I don't know. It's been 50 years. Anyway, and my mother said, are you well? Well, he said, "I, I became the captain de policia, which I assume is the police chief
0: yeah, of uh, Senora's little village little of, city, yeah. of
1: Magdalena and remains so for many years. Really? I could never listen to the talk of Geronimo's big raid on Mexico in the year 1885, and no one ever knew that I was with him. Let me ask
0: you a question there. You know, you mentioned that he came back into his home area. Now, did he have to alter or change his appearance? So there was so much hate for the
1: Apaches. You know, he doesn't say anything about that. See, there's that. your homework. Yeah, and he's dead by now, so. Well, what year did he pass away? Um, it says he, well, let's see, about 18, no, 1910, 19, oh, 19, I believe. Yeah, he. That's when he went back. Yeah. So, you know, he lived into the, I'm going to say maybe 1920. Oh, my. Even. So he was, you know, got on in age. But, you know, kind of an interesting story. And I like this because it's his story, you know, told. And this came from a magazine that was published about
0: 1962. Yeah. So. Wouldn't it be nice, though, if there was some way to kind of concrete or solidify some of these parts of the story, like going back. Now, if they were raiding in Mexico and the Chiricahua Apaches were so hated and feared, you would think that he would have altered. His dress or the way he looked so that he could go home without being feared. Do you understand what I'm right, trying to say? Because
1: the, I mean, the Mexicans and the Americans—they shoot him. They would know by looking at him, yeah. that he was an Apache. Yeah. So the, you know, that's a good question, and I—I I, I don't know. And and
0: be gone that long, and be open about actually raiding with Geronimo, and then to appoint him chief of police—it yeah. <laughs>
1: kind of <laughs> makes you wonder. Well, you know, he must have been good at what he did. Yeah. You know? But the, the That's Apa- a good story. The Apaches were an interesting group. Oh, boy. I mean, they, and I know we're about out of time, I but uh, I just had a thought here. said the, the most nomadic nation in the Southwest, the Apache, became the last major Indian group to submit to American authority. They, I've
0: got a book someplace on these shelves, and for those of you at home, someplace on these shelves means like 10,000 books later uh, that goes into the Apaches, their lifestyle, how they were brought up how they were made as tough as they were how they could go without water how they could go without food they really were i would say a precursor to kind of the u.s navy seals that we have today
1: well and then i've got to note that the apache group was actually divided into into six distinct subgroups and then the western apache were further divided subdivided into 14 bands so it, it kind of trickled down so when you say the word apache it really could encompass quite a few different sub-tribes, uh, yeah. uh, the Chiricahua, the Mescalero, the Western Apache, the one called the Jicarillo, and the Kiowa Apache. Yeah. So the Apache is kind of a, I don't know, kind of a general term for all of those groups yeah. or tribes. You
0: did an excellent job today. Thank you. That, that I, was you know, I really a good story. story. Dr. History right here.